Today's gospel reading is the Good Samaritan. You all know it. Go and do likewise. In the name of, okay, probably should say a little more than that. When the Samaritan saw the man in the parable lying on the side of the road, in the Greek it says his insides were moved. In our readings today, this is the only place where it says someone was moved. But one way or another, everyone was moved by something. In the parable, we have the priest and the Levite, and we know almost nothing about them other than they're a priest and a Levite. And the only thing we really know about them is that they avoided the situation entirely. So it's kind of hard to know exactly what moved them. Luckily, we have an Old Testament reading. And in the Old Testament reading, we have a priest who was all about avoidance. We have Amaziah, who is responding to Amos. And Amos is preaching destruction, death, and exile. And Amaziah wants nothing to do with it. Amaziah is a priest, though probably not a priest of Jehovah. He confronts him, even before he confronts him, he actually sends a note to his boss saying, hey, we got some troublemaker over here. We need him to knock it off. This is a huge problem. Just make it stop. And so he confronts Amos directly and says, look, not, not here. You want to go prophesy? You got an entire nation down south of you. You can prophesy there. It's great. They'll love it. Just leave us alone. Go away. Not here. As far as Amaziah is concerned, Amos is a problem, and he just wants that problem to disappear. And I can't help but think that the priest and Levite in the parable probably wanted the same. There's a problem on the side of the road. I don't want to deal with it. I can't deal with it. I don't have time. I just want it to disappear. But because we have a little more information on Amaziah, we can make a better guess at what it was that moved him. He says directly at one point in his message to the king, he says, the land is not able to bear his words. And so it's quite possible that he was mostly concerned about the stability of his nation. This was not too long after the tribes broke apart. And so now we have the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah, and they're both really young, and they're really vulnerable. And it's quite possible that he thought, if there's too much trouble here, they're going to break apart or, worse, get back together. So maybe Amaziah is just afraid that the nation's going to collapse. I mean, he, actually, he even says at one point, this is the king's sanctuary. This is a temple of the kingdom. So maybe that's his main issue. Maybe he's moved by the kingdom falling apart. Now, I'm a pessimist, and so I have a suspicion that he probably was moved by something else. 
I mean, honestly, this, this argument seems a little bit overly analytical for him being a little pissy. He's angry. It feels like something's striking closer to home. When Jeroboam split off and took those ten tribes to set up his own nation, one of the things he realized was, if everybody goes out to Jerusalem to worship, eventually they're just all going to go move to Jerusalem and I'm not going to have a kingdom anymore. So to fix this, we're going to set up two other places to worship. It'll be fabulous. It's not what Jehovah wanted. doesn't matter. I don't really care. I want a kingdom. So he sets up two new places to worship, but he needs priests. Guess who one of them is? It's Amaziah. So it's quite possible that what Amaziah was really moved by is crap. If this guy doesn't shut up, I'm going to lose my job. Make him shut up. I need this job. I got a wife and kids. Or honestly, maybe even that's too complicated. Maybe what's really going on is Amaziah is just trying to do his job and Amos is just being a pest. Just, you're annoying me. You're annoying the people who are trying to come and worship. Just knock it off. You're being annoying. Leave us all alone. It's fine. Don't rock the boat. Maybe he was just moved by being annoyed. One way or another, based on what Amos' response was, which was exceedingly harsh. Whatever it was that moved him was not what God wanted to move him. And I think Jesus implied the same thing with the priest and the Levite. In his parable, they were not moved the way they needed to be moved. But since we are back in the parable... Let's take a look at the Samaritan himself. The Samaritan was moved to have compassion on that man and to do something about it. Now, the Samaritan had every reason not to have any compassion whatsoever. The Samaritans were utter outcasts in Judea. Interestingly, this Samaritans were the descendants of the people that split off. They were Jeroboam's kingdom several hundred years down the line. Who knows? Maybe this is a descendant of Amaziah himself. But according to the Jews, and they're not wrong about this, they're worshiping the wrong gods. They got these weird things going on at these other places of worship. Or at the very least, they're worshiping the wrong way. As far as Judea was concerned, these people utterly betrayed God. And more importantly, they betrayed Judea. It kind of reminds me of India and Pakistan. Or perhaps the Protestants and Catholics in Northern Ireland, they're so close together, and yet some betrayal happened, and now we just hate each other. So as far as the Samaritan is concerned, he's an outcast, 
I'm supposed to hate these people? Screw them. He has every reason to not be moved at all. And yet he was. He hurt when this man was hurt. But we know a little further what the Samaritan did, and what was interesting to me is what he was not moved by. He wasn't moved by his comfort. It says he, had, he put this man on his own animal, which means at the very least, he probably had to walk the rest away into town. He probably had the animal to carry his belongings, so he had to take the belongings off the animal and cart him himself all the way into town. Not pleasant, but it didn't matter. He wasn't moved by his comfort. Ironically, if you go back to the Old Testament, one of the major things that Amos was railing against was a nation that was obsessed with their comforts. Earlier, before our readings in Amos 6, it says, Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch out on their couches. Woe to you people who sit around enjoying yourselves, so moved by just feeling comfortable and good and happy and everything's fine. Woe to you where that's the most important thing in your lives. These people were concerned about their pleasures and their comforts, but they cared not a whit about those who had none for themselves. The Samaritan also was not moved by his belongings because he used his own bandages and his own wine and oil to treat the man's wounds. Meanwhile, Amos's audience was moved far too much by their belongings. They built massive houses. They created expanses of vineyards to store up for themselves wine and joy and pleasure. But they neglected those who have nothing. They even took away what little they had. The Samaritan was not moved by his money. It says he took out two denarii and later said to the innkeeper, I'll pay you back anything else that you need. And Amos was angered by those who were moved by nothing but their money. They took bribes. They created excessive taxes. They did, took away everything they could in order to hoard it for themselves. And meanwhile, the Samaritan used his money to freely support those in need. Lots of things could have moved this Samaritan. But what did move him was the needs of that one man lying on the road, hurting and in desperate need. But then there's one more figure that I wanted to consider, which is the lawyer, who is the inspiration for this parable in the first place. What moves a lawyer? Well, in this day and age, 
These lawyers were Torah specialists. What moves them is the law and the commentaries on the law and the commentaries on the commentaries of the law and all the rules and regulations and all the details that they had to get absolutely right. And he even specifically set out, it says right at the beginning, in order to test Jesus, in order to make sure that Jesus was doing it right, was following the rules, knew exactly what's good and bad, right and wrong. Let's make sure that Jesus is on the right page. That's what he's concerned about. And later it says, wanting to justify himself, so he's not just moved by rules, he's moved by being right about the rules. Or maybe being in, on the safe side of the rules. But Jesus' parable unraveled his attempts to create these simple rules. This is good, this is bad. This is safe, this is dangerous. Jesus was attempting to completely rewrite his categories. It seems to me that what part of Jesus was doing was trying to say, you're being moved by the wrong things. And I suppose that's the point. God cares about what moves us. We can be moved by things in a way that aligns us with God's will and his character. And we can be moved by things in a way that push us toward him. Or we can be moved by things that don't move God at all or move him to anger or pull us away from him. What moves us matters. So it can be a good thing to take stock of what moves us now and then. If, like Amaziah, we are angry, that might be an excellent time to stop and say, okay, what's moving me? What is this really about? What do I need to fix, to change, to accomplish? If, like the lawyer, we want to justify ourselves, maybe we need to stop again and think, what is moving me? What do I need here? Or when we realize that we aren't like the Samaritan moved by others' needs, when we find ourselves callous like the priest or the Levite or those that Amos was angered against, maybe we need to stop and ask ourselves, what are we moved by? So I invite you this week to find some time to simply ask God, show me what I am moved by. And if it is not what aligns with your heart, show me how to get there. Like the Samaritan, show me compassion and take me to a place where I can be healed and be moved as you are.
In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.